Hello, my marvellous lizard wizards and bitchy witches. You're all very welcome back to Pontification and how lovely it is to have you with us. I am, as always, Chase Nova, or am I? And I am, as always, joined by my good friend who has chosen a name that is... Redacted. And could you give us a reason for your name being redacted? I'm sorry, I'm not at liberty to disclose that information. I don't recall. (laughs) (laughs) How are you getting on? What's the crack? Redacted. (laughs) I can't tell you that either. Um, Yeah, no, I'm grand. Sure you know yourself. I got paid extra this week, which was great crack, but then I got a crazy migraine, which was less crack. So I'd say my day is a C, maybe a C plus. Yeah. So, so you basically got paid to have a migraine. I think so. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. And was it worth it to get enough money? Uh, nearly. Oh. Do so, you know, now that we're talking about it, I'm realizing, as you know, but they don't, I pretty much napped the day away due to said migraine. So I kind of got paid to sleep. I mean, I wouldn't complain about that. Yeah, I'm actually pretty pleased now that we've put it in such terms. How are you? Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I had super productive last few days. Really good counseling session this morning. Just like Woo. really hard, good mental health work. And I spent the day just utterly invigorated. Um, I made some porridge bread, which I'm submitting to the patent office as the cure for insomnia. I'm very looking forward to it. And Noted. Uh, more importantly... Because I spent so much time out and about, I spent a bit too much money, which means that now I need some. So. God, I hate the things you do for cash. Well, let's be honest. It's us doing it here right now. How did I get roped into this life? <laughs> well, you started off on OnlyFans, and then this is what pushed it over the edge. <laughs> oh, are we, are we mocking sex workers now? No, not at all. We respect our people on OnlyFans. And that's... Number one, go ahead and do your sponsors. (laughs) Hang on, I was specifically, I just want to clarify, I was more making the point that actually you fell from grace from OnlyFans and landed on (laughs) Pontification. That's the point I was making. I mean, your thing is more accurate, to be fair. (laughs) Yeah, I thought so. No. I could clean up on OnlyFans. (laughs) I think a lot of people have to clean up after OnlyFans. (laughs) Okay. Pontification is brought to you by the thing that will kill you. Have you ever been having a normal anxiety-filled day? Maybe you're at work or rearranging your collection of 1980s football star stickers when, all of a sudden, you feel a strange pain around your abdomen. That's it. That's the thing that will kill you. The thing that will kill you. You should probably take a Gaviscon. Poncification is also brought to you by Intrusive Thoughts. Have you ever been writing something down or trying to come up with an idea when maybe this is all fake and you're just a brain in a jar and a strange man's laboratory is conducting experiments to find out how many brains it takes to fill up the stomach of a newborn grizzly bear? And what if you're next? I don't want to be a brain in a jar in a bear belly. You look upset by that. I don't know. You've got a sad face I just, on I've related to it a little too much and I hurt my own feelings. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... Pontification is, of course, brought to you by the moment of clarity. Picture the scene. You've been on the couch for six hours. You've done nothing but look at your phone, swapping between Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Reddit, Candy Crush, and then starting the whole process again. Then you feel sad, look around, and realize what you're doing. I'm not going to try to sell you anything here. I just wanted to describe this moment to make sure I'm not alone. The moment of clarity. Tell me I'm not alone. Oh, baby, you're not alone. Oh, oh my God, why are your sponsors so sad? Am I sad? What's happening this week? I think, I think we're just in touch with our own feelings. We're just, we're with it. I'm finding it intense, I'm not going to lie. This next one I'm a fan of. And finally, Pontification is brought to you by laziness. You know, it might actually be the best written sponsor we've had yet. I, it's, it's up there for me with definitely the COVID-19 vaccine. That was a winner. Oh, I love and, that. Uh, yeah. And then we had awkward silence as well. And I actually wrote that that <laughs> week, but I was like, I can't have the two of them next to each other. That's <laughs> oh, that was lovely. Thank you for your sponsors. Ah, I'm really looking forward to getting that money, yo. So tell me, what in the world... Oh, the God, whole I hate flat you. world are we talking about today? 
Well, I feel like you've given it away now. It's the episode where we reveal that Chase and I are flat earthers. Uh, I'm oh. actually a B-cup earther, to be totally honest with you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we know. I was being kind. <laughs> okay, yeah, so we're talking about conspiracies or conspiracy uh-huh. theories. Because this is a bit of a pet peeve of mine. People say mm-hmm. conspiracy when they mean conspiracy theory and also vice versa. So, Chase, what do you think is the difference? What makes it a conspiracy or a conspiracy theory? I believe the conspiracies are your generic um, sort of organized institutional attempt to cover up something. Mm-hmm. And conspiracy theories are when that happens, but in the theory region of France. Is that right? <laughs> That's exactly it. Otherwise, it's just sparkling capitalism. Come on. <laughs> I was going to say it's a sparkling episode of Scooby Doo, but yeah, that'll do. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, like jokes aside, you're you're more or less spot on. A conspiracy is a big cover up, a big scheme, a plot, you know, all that world domination, good stuff, and a conspiracy ah. theory is a bunch of people on the internet talking about the plots they think might be happening, but you can't prove because they're working. But also, they can't be working that fucking well if they've made it to Reddit, right? That's the whole, yeah. If if some guy on Reddit is like, I know the truth, and I'm like, well, to be honest, I don't believe Keyboard Warrior 6969 is the guy who was (laughs) able to take down the entire US establishment. Do you want to edit that out? Because I don't think you want our listeners to have your Reddit handle. That's not my Reddit handle. My Reddit handle is iHeartFluffles69. <laughs> I was going to say, actually, just in terms of conspiracy theories, as a tidbit, you know the phrase, the NWO, the New World Order? Yeah. 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 Um, there's actually a group of uh, four or five wrestlers who went by the title NWO. Oh, I'm well um, aware. In the, du- the World Wrestling Entertainment mm-hmm. World, yes. Um, that's the first time I heard the phrase... And then when I got to about sixteen, seventeen, and was using the internet and seeing the term NWO from people who were talking about chemtrails oh, and that sort no. of shit, I was like, what has Hulk Hogan got to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> Is he trying to give the frogs gayness? That can't give be right. the frogs gayness. So that seems like it might be a ridiculous example, but uh, when I went digging for examples, maybe it's not. Turns out people believe all sorts of crazy bullshit. So I'm going to start... Ooh. I'm going to tell you about two of, like, the most popular, most well-known conspiracy theories, I think, that are out there in general. And they're both kind of pop Mm -hmm. culture things, which I think is cute. So the first one is that uh, at the height of the Beatles' popularity, Paul McCartney died. So they replaced him with a look-alike slash sound-alike and continued making music, I guess. And now that guy is in Wings. Didn't they also make the point that, like, supposedly it was a guy who came, like, second or third yeah. in a Paul McCartney look-like <laughs> yeah, contest? Yeah, that's part like, of it. they didn't want to do the first it one would because be too he'd be too obvious. well-known. Yeah. People would cop that straight away. They'd be like, hang on a second. I know that guy. He's the guy who looks exactly like Paul McCartney. <laughs> I saw him at the Brighton Convention Centre cutting a ribbon on the local shopping mart. <laughs> and he was wearing a medal that said, number one Paul McCartney look-alike. Suspish. <laughs> He still is. It's underneath his Paul McCartney costume. <laughs> well, why is he in a costume? <laughs> because I've He's just explained it. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that one. That's the truth. It's actually the it's actually the real Paul McCartney in a Paul McCartney suit. <laughs> yeah, Paul McCartney That's is wearing one trick. of those like Scooby Doo latex masks, but of himself. But it's anti-aging, so then he can die as the real Paul McCartney. And then whip it off. And then in like a Jung version will emerge, and then we'll have like a hit singer from Mal (laughs) McCartney in five years' time. I really hope that's what's going on with Val Kilmer. (laughs) From from Cal Vilmer, you mean? (laughs) He sounds like a German general. Cal Vilmer? I haven't been able to hear him for years over the sound of his face. Um, oh, I, I wait, take fat that shaming, back. Fat oh. shaming. It's not Ugh. fat shaming. It's his face shaming. It's not because he's fat. It's because his face has gone mad. Because it's Cal Vilmer, you're shat shaming. <laughs> what is that? Is that a spoonerism? Uh, that would be a runer spism. Yes. 
Very good. Look at me remembering mm. words after 9pm. Oh, after 10. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so the one that goes with that, and I just love this. So Paul McCartney is dead. I think he's supposed to have died in 66. But I mean, okay. he's clearly not actually dead, so you're going to get varying accounts. Tell me your version. <laughs> well, I know that the reason fans started theorising was because of the, was one, the, the fact that he was appearing on album covers without his shoes on. Mm-hmm. And that he was supposed to be representing, was it that he he had been subscribing to an Inuit religion and they always bury people without their shoes on or something like that? Yep, that's right. Um, and like quite famously, there's the Abbey Road cover where they're supposed to be without dressed shoes. as, oh God, bear with me, the grave digger and then the corpse and then maybe the priest and then God. Mm. Yeah, that's it. Um, and Paul is El Corpso. Yeah, exactly. He's the barefoot one in, like, his best black suit, I suppose. Um, Which, I don't know that that makes people look like corpses. Like, as you know, I watched Die Hard last night, and now I think everyone should be barefoot all the time. So, I figure more power to Paul McCartney. Even when there's loads of glass on the floor. That's what makes it hot. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't make the rules. Bruce Willis. No, no, no. Whoever raised you made the rules for your specific type of psychosis, let's be fair. Oh God, I hate being a person. (laughs) Um, But yeah, but then supposedly there's a bunch of clues on Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And Mm -hmm. what is it? John Lennon, who incidentally was being spied on by the FBI just mm-hmm. given the episode Which we're on. a conspiracy and not a conspiracy theory. Exactly. Came true. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose it was true all along. It didn't come true. It's not a wish. Um, mm. But yeah, he was supposed to have whispered, I buried Paul at the end of Strawberry Fields Forever, but he later insisted that what he actually was saying was cranberry sauce. Which in his accent made perfect sense, you know. Yeah. Cranberry sauce. Cranberry sauce? And buried Paul? I don't think Perfect. they sound anything alike. Yeah, but you put it I mean, you in, know. in a shitty 60s microphone <laughs> over this, you know what I mean? I don't think they sound anything alike, but who am I to talk? Lon Genom? I, ooh, ooh. I do always like having a bit of cranberry sauce and I killed Paul on my turkey sandwiches. It's just lovely. <laughs> It's a good combination. Uh, Why don't you tell us about some of the other conspiracy theories that you found? Okay, so like I said, this one's a twofer. So Paul is dead, but Ah. Elvis is alive. Now everyone's heard the Elvis is alive. He faked his death to get away from the fame, etc. But the reason why I wanted to mention this on here is because I'm introducing a new segment. It is, join me while I read aloud from YouTube comments. (laughs) <laughs> I'm excited for this. Me too. So this video posted by user The Shadow is it's very, very bad, low quality footage of an elderly man who's supposed to work as like a caretaking staff at Graceland. But also The Shadow <laughs> reckons that this is 81 year old Elvis just hard on the job. Can I just say, wouldn't it be brilliant if he started walking by, he's just shuffling in this kind of old man way and he just starts tap dancing. Don't step on my boots. And he keeps walking. That's kind of what I want it to be, but it's not. It's just bad footage of an old man. (laughs) But also, I'm a little bit like, so the, the overlapping theories are one, that Elvis is a custodial worker at Graceland and two, that Elvis is alive and in his 80s. I feel like you have to pick one, right? Otherwise, we're just picturing an 80-something-year-old man emptying the bins, and that's sad. Well, I'm just picturing, like, you know, he fakes his own death with millions of dollars in a mansion and decides that he's going to do his own fucking janitorial work. I mean, right? come on. Like, he would surely go to, I don't know, Tahiti? He might stay in his mansion, but I figured he'd have someone to fucking empty the bins and that. I like to think so. You know, his hound dogs turds across the ground. <laughs> I don't know if he actually had hound dogs. I think it was a song. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. All just, right. just, just joining it in. I don't think he really liked Blue Suede Just be either. fun, Emma. Just be he fun. Was, he was never arrested, so he could never have done the jailhouse rock. <laughs> I... Which, incidentally, is about gay sex. Wait, what? The Jailhouse Rock is a song written oh by a gay songwriter. Oh my god, fuck, that makes sense. 
Number 47 said to number three, you're the prettiest jailbird I ever did see. Why don't you come do the rock with me? We're dancing to the jailhouse rock. Oh, oh, once you know that, you can't unknow it. Nope. Can't believe it didn't cool, occur though, to me right? sooner. That is quite cool, actually. Yeah. I like that. It's sort of progressive, given the times. It's not even a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just a it's just a song that people know. Um, okay, so mm. here here's a YouTube comment that explains everything. Right. I wasn't sure if Elvis mm. was alive or dead, and then I came across this piece of information, and now I'm sold. But don't say, now I'm a believer, because that wasn't one of his. <laughs> he raises his two fingers to the top of his left head as a proof of life signal. In Chaldean numerology, the numerical value of V sign in numerology is nine. Proof of life three exclamation points followed by ellipses. He told us he is alive with the simple V sign. Number nine, I am alive. He is giving us a clue that he knows we are all there watching him to do his most loyal fans that he is indeed with us. He's actually letting you know that he's going to be eaten by Jack Daniels there. Because <laughs> as you know, Jack Daniels is of course Jack Daniels old number seven whiskey. Mm-hmm. And as we're all aware, seven, seven eight, eight nine. nine. Well, excuse me. Let me just step away from your truth bombs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, this, I'm this close to starting a GoFundMe and a YouTube channel. I'm going to tear it all down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so do those two are obviously conspiracy theories. Yes. And so I wanted to pull up a couple of examples of conspiracies, things that uh-huh. are true. And then I stumbled upon this wonderful online community. Um, and they kind of go by QAnon. And oh, yes, I've heard of them. <laughs> yeah, like, Cheery bunch. Oh, my God. They're so smart. Mornings. And everything they say, it just ties together. It makes sense. I've crunched the numbers, Chase, and I'm, I'm with them now. There's never someone you meet whose name starts with a Q who isn't a very intelligent person. Oh, I can't tell you why that's not true on a podcast. Why? Quintinius was a very <laughs> smart gentleman. <laughs> um, okay. I, I promised myself we were going to get through one week without Trump jokes. And uh-huh. what's this been? Five minutes? That's probably about 30 at this stage, but carry on. My gosh, I love to talk. Okay, so here's some (laughs) bullshit that the US government did. Okay. Um, First, we have, you have probably heard of this one too, MKUltra. Yeah, Um, isn't that like a Call of Duty weapon or something? That's exactly what it is. And it's modeled no, it's, it's, on it's, no. Um, it's the drugs. They gave yes, them the drugs to yeah. see if they if they develop mind altering powers. Exactly. Um, there's yes. tons out there about this, and it's a very 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 popular one. So I'm not going to get into too much detail. But if you weren't previously aware, uh, a bunch of people basically accused the CIA of testing mind altering drugs on people without their consent, and that. It mm-hmm. sounds like a wild conspiracy theory, but it's totally true. It's totally mm-hmm. something the CIA did. They started out with willing test subjects and they were giving them LSD. And then they were like, well, there, you know, there's probably a little bit of bias and whatever because these people know that they're tripping. And so they started mm-hmm. dosing people with LSD without their consent and mm-hmm. without their knowledge. And a lot of these people actually... They actually wound up having a lot of like long-term harmful effects and having cognitive disabilities as, as a result, and it, it was a bad time. Yeah, like those are the statistics of LSD. Is like if you take LSD more than five times in six months, you have something like a twelve percent chance on your sixth time of never coming down. Like it's, Sorry, it's a huge risk. Yeah, no, you can get serious. Like that's one of the serious. It's what happened to Peter Green from Fleetwood Mac. I did he not just completely that. did not come down for years. The other thing I was going to say, and this is my creative brain flowing, right? But just as a, as a conspiracy theory, imagine that there was a man named Peter. Okay. And he took part in the MKUltra experiments. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter had a bit of a fascination with all things to do with the sea. Oh, no, don't. And then he believed he was a dolphin. Don't you do this to me. And his wife, Margaret Lovest, <laughs> tried desperately... 
to get Charles. a <laughs> You know, I was actually thinking about Margaret Lovett yesterday, and most days, to was be Was it her. because of the LSD thinking, in this? Because they just... <laughs> it was, actually. Um, I was thinking about her, especially because I just, I just feel bad. I feel like she got raw treatment on our podcast and also everywhere else just because she had sex with a dolphin. But, you know, I feel I like was, she was cool about it. I was defending it. her. I was defending her pretty well, I would have said. You were the one who was like, this is crossing a line. I was the one saying, to be honest, she kind of, in the name of science, it was all consensual, blah 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 Okay, so to recap the season really quickly. Hang on, let's just... Let's I think just cannibalism okay. is fine. Chase thinks bestiality is fine. This is pontification and you're very that. welcome back. <laughs> Wonderful. Why don't you tell us some more about MK Ultra, or are we moving on? Um, that that's kind of all I wanted to say about it. Just that you know the CIA are fucking assholes. Pretty yeah, much. there's that, and there's also they're also well known to have started the crack epidemic in the eighties in them um, in black neighborhoods. That's another one. That's um, a conspiracy to, and not just a theory. It's hard it's evidence proven, of that. Yeah, yeah, very common. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember, but there was a case of a man who fell from a building uh, at the age of, was it 72, 20 years after the MKUltra experiments? I couldn't tell you his name, but I watched a documentary about him. And mm. they found that he had participated in the in the test and didn't really know he had taken LSD before. And then one night going home to his kids... Wait, just to be clear, was he one of the voluntary... Was he one of the people who signed no. up or one of the people who got dosed no. by the CIA? One of the okay. people who got dosed, yeah. And uh, he had a flashback 20-odd years later and climbed to the tallest building and fell off thinking he could fly, basically. Jesus. Yeah. Poor dude. Yeah. Awful people okay. in the CIA. Um, absolutely. But also, awful people the United States Atomic Energy Commission. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the thing about the US government. There's so many little pockets and nooks and crannies and each one is worse than the last because now we're going to talk about Project Sunshine. Oh, that sounds lovely. It does, doesn't it? I came yeah. across it. I was like, finally, some good news. Project Sunshine sounds like the, the title they used to secretly get away with filming the Teletubbies movie. <laughs> Do you want to hear what it actually is or are you happy with your head on? You, you keep talking. I'm just going to imagine that to get away from all this horribleness. Um, so I've never done this on here before, but I'm actually going to like give people a little warning mm-hmm. that this is going to get really dark and it is going mm-hmm. to involve like deceased minors and bodies and all of that. So if you want to jump forward 20 minutes or listen to a better podcast, now is your time because this one's disgusting. It's a horrible story. Just clarify, there is no better podcast, but you should definitely skip forward. Yeah. If you, this is in your, in your bag. Cool. Um, okay, so Project Sunshine was the code name for a series of studies and experiments that started... So, where do I begin with this? My God. The United States Atomic Energy Commission. In 1953, mm-hmm. they started codename Project Sunshine. They kept it totally, totally secret. Until 1956, about three and a half years into this, um, people started to get wind of it and a conspiracy theory circulated that the US government was basically grabbing dead bodies to experiment on and in particular that they were grabbing the dead bodies of babies and children to experiment on. And unfortunately, yeah, that that turned out to be true. So... Jesus. Yeah. So this was obviously during a period where the US were very, very concerned with the results of nuclear radiation. And a lot of their studies were centered on that. And this is no different. So in 1955, a Dr. Willard Libby, he said that they, that the US had insufficient data regarding the effects of fallout. And the reason is because they had not collected enough human samples. And in particular, they Mm. needed younger, fresher tissue. So he was quote... Okay, to model the decay rate accurately. Okay, kind of data-wise. So he was quoted saying, I don't know how to get them, but I do say that it is a matter of prime importance to get them 
and particularly in the young age group. So, human samples are often of prime importance. And if anybody knows how to do a good job of body snatching, they will really be serving their country. 1,500 samples were gathered. About 500 were used. The other 1,000, I guess, went in the bin. Um, The issue is that around one... Out of those 1,500 samples, around 1,200 of them were samples from babies and children, and nearly none of them were obtained with the knowledge or consent of the parents. And there was one particular example of a woman who had unfortunately delivered a stillborn child in a hospital in the UK, and one of the doctors in the hospital Mm -hmm. removed the infant's legs, shipped them to the US, and then in order to cover this up, he they wouldn't let the mum dress her baby to bury him. They were like, oh, here's the baby, he's already dressed, he's already in his coffin and everything, we'll bury him for you, whatever. And the mum at the time was like, you know, there's something really dodge about that, that makes me very uncomfortable, what are you doing with my baby? Like, yeah. um, And it took years, but yeah, eventually evidence came out that yes the US government snatched up a bunch of dead babies and or parts of dead babies without the knowledge or consent of the parents and that's Project Sunshine uh, you'd really think they'd put a better name right? on it than that because it just makes it seem so much worse to stick a name like Project Sunshine I on that I could not agree with you that's more horrible. and also I want to make it clear this isn't like a Margaret Lovett thing. This isn't where they started out with good intentions and then everything went haywire. They set out. No, they started. Yeah, they with set bad out. They were like, okay, yeah. we need just a farm full of dead babies. Let's steal them. Yeah, that's exactly what they did. There was no like, maybe we could no. ask the mothers and if None they're unwilling, that. we can be like, well, this um, would really help. And no, it also it ties into in the 1920s, it was found that the US government were conducting very similar research into the long-term results of fallout and of nuclear radiation, stuff like that, on still-alive black Mm. children without knowledge or consent. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, so this has been an incredibly dark installment of Pontification, and I apologise for that, that this hasn't been very funny. But it is important to acknowledge that much and all as we can all get a laugh out of how ridiculous it is when people are going, oh, 5G causes cancer. A lot of these conspiracy theories are ridiculous. But some conspiracies are not theories and they're very dark and they're very harmful. Yeah, and it's important to recognise that too before we dismiss everything. Okay, do you want to tell us briefly about a slightly more light-hearted conspiracy? You know what? Perhaps? Let's. Um, so, <laughs> this is my favourite, definitely my favourite area to get into, is the shape of the Earth. And I think a lot of people... Is it not technically your favourite volume in this event? <laughs> well done, you. Oh, that was one of the best maths jokes well I've ever done, made. Well done, you. <laughs> um, and we're all... We all know about, you know, round earth versus flat earth and Australia doesn't exist and all of that. That seemed too Mm -hmm. mainstream. So I got down to the hollow earth. Right. So there's a bunch of people out there. But then why volcano? Because it's not, you know, it's not paper thin. Okay. So, okay. So it's important, as we discussed this, to bear in mind, you know, there's the crust and the mantle and the core and all of that. So that's yeah. a theory. Lava. We don't have evidence of that. That's a theory. We're pretty We're sure. We're pretty about sure. That. It's it's a fucking good yeah. theory and it was theorized by the best hypothesis. Hypothe- well, a hypothesis is an idea that you can test. We've tested this I mean, to the best of our current abilities, you know, all going well, technology will advance and we'll get better information later on. This has become a mm-hmm. different thing, but the point is as of yet we're only 99% sure that we know what's inside the planet we live on. And that 1% it of uncertainty... Out the Earth is actually a Malteser. 
and there's a tiny biscuit right I was going to go the other way I was going to say like a soft toffee center <laughs> it's, it's like a it's like an Astro do you remember Astros when you were a kid no were they good oh, they're, yeah they were like little chocolate round balls with, they're kind of like Smarties and Maltesers mixed together you know what Chocolate Planet I think is something we can all agree on it's chocolate yeah, yeah perfect great. Chocolate Planet. Happy? Okay. But the this has been Pontification. Yeah. Chocolate Planet, good night. We solved it. No more episodes. Oh, don't look so sad. Or Fine, I'll I talk just... more. I'll talk more. <laughs> should I monologue? <laughs> it's over, Chase. <laughs> okay, so the Hollow Earth. The thing is, because there is 1% uncertainty there, and there shouldn't be, like 99% from the world's best experts, leading scientists, amazing minds, that should be enough for everyone, but it's not. You know, mm-hmm. anti-vaxxers exist. Anti-maskers exist. There's always some people who are going to argue. And let's get into the hollow earth. <laughs> There's a hatch in Turkmenistan. Uh-huh. Cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, no, so because there's that tiny bit of uncertainty, some people reckon that not only is the planet hollow, there is no core, there's no lava, no magma, nothing molten. On the inside, there is... Hmm. A subterranean society. Oh, I know. There's an episode of Doctor Who about this. There's episodes of lots of things about this. There's Journey to the Center. There's tons of things there's about this. There's tons of things learn. about this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I quite like what they did with it on Disenchantment this year, actually. Oh, yeah. The sort of, yeah, okay. And she's the queen of, oh, yeah. I, I watched it in yeah. like a fever dream one day because <laughs> I was quite sick. And then I just saw the whole thing and I was like, yeah, that was nice. And I can't remember half of it. <laughs> Well, I I found it funny. Um, Cool. So, believing there's a civilization beneath the crust of the Earth, or whatever, the chocolate coating, um, that obviously is like the more extreme, the more fringe end of this. The idea of the Earth being hollow is actually not that new. Uh So, in the 17th century, Edmund Halley, as in Halley's Mm -hmm. Comet, that Halley, um he proposed that the earth must surely be hollow because of changing magnetism. So he figured like, yeah, if the magnetic fields are shifting and they're changing, which we know that they are, mm-hmm. yeah, then the earth has to be hollow because if it were solid, then it would act like the magnets that we have on our fridge and it would remain, you know, pretty constant. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend I know science. I'm going to move along. Okay, you were explaining it pretty well there, as far as I recall, from my third year ge- biology class and geography classes. Good for me. Okay. Yeah. Um, but this is also something that appears in folklore the world over for some reason. And particularly in European and North European folklore, there were a lot of gods and demigods and like giant races and wee folk and stuff like that who were supposed to be living inside the hollow earth. Okay, so, that makes sense. Yeah, the next time you meet a flat earther, which I have actually never done in real life, my husband did. My husband met a guy and was like, you seem nice, and invited him round to like, have a few beers. And the guy was like, oh, do you know what I really hate? And your man's like, oh, go on, what do you hate, new friend? And he was like, I hate fucking globes. And as you can imagine, that instantly becomes like, holy shit, how do I get this dude out of my house? But if you are faced with a flat earther... I say up the ante. Be like, it's not flat, but it is fucking hollow. And let me tell you about the lizard people. I would go something like, no, the earth is actually uh, the exact same shape as a dreidel. (laughs) Because you've been right the whole time. The Jews run not only the whole, like, infrastructure of markets, they're in charge of the shape of the planet. Actually, I could get into a whole whole thing with uh, anti-Semitism and conspiracy theories. I, but, well, I was going to say that is that is the whole theory of conspiracy theories. Like, there's a speculative level, mm-hmm. there's a, a sort of interest, there's an entertainment level, yep. and then there's the anti-Semitic point of no return, which is when you cross into when you tip over and you go, Jewish people are poisoning our wells, and Jewish exactly. people run the banks, and all of these. But those are the horrible, oldest conspiracy theories in the ideas. world because yep. they were the most persecuted race of people in the world for years. Yep. You know. Um, and um, I'm gonna. I want to leave you with a thought before I stop talking and start drinking my uh-huh. water like a well-behaved person. So, uh-huh. as you know, I, loved, I love a bit of developmental psychology. Um, and developmental psychologists have found that 
in order to boost a person's sense of certainty when they're learning new things, they will rely more on feedback rather than evidence. Which basically means if you come to me one day and you're like, Emma, I reckon the earth is hollow. And I go, well, Chase, there's a bunch of science that says that that's not true. Like, your thing is bullshit, and let me show you why and give you proof. That's not going to cut it for your brain. But if I go, oh, Chase, you're so clever. I agree with you. Well done. And I give you, you know, the feedback that you're looking for. That's going to really cement that idea down in your brain. So when you're scrolling through Facebook and you think to yourself, these people don't want proof. They just want to be told that they're right. Well, that's true. We are hardwired to want to be told that we're right. And the other thing is the guy that gets the most laugh reacts on his comment because of how ridiculously outlandish and illogical Mm -hmm. it was is probably going, ha ha, they notice me. Actually, there's there's one more that I hadn't planned, but I have read about on the toilet. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, people are like, oh, the government are spying on us and social media and everyone's being tracked and stuff like that. Well, the US government Mm -hmm. did actually submit... 50,000 formal requests for user data to Facebook and about half as many to Google in 2019. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. But they're not allowed them the world over. No. It, like, this is, this is Europe. We have GDPR. We're very safe. <laughs> I know. I would like to be um, able to read all those articles that I got blocked from, but I think it's worth it. Well, you just have to pay the three ninety nine. You'll be able to see them. It's fine. Oh no, there's um, a ton of US sources that are not viewable from the EU, regardless oh, of paywalls. Yeah. yeah, true. You talk now. It's, <laughs> I'm going to delete that just so it looks like you wouldn't give me permission. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about TimeCube. Okay. You know anything about TimeCube? No, but so far I don't like the title of it. Why? Because you'd like it if it was called The Time Cube? No, because I feel very comfortable with the idea of linear time. I'm pretty comfortable with it too. Yeah. Um, but let me put it this way. Time Cube was a personal webpage founded in 1997 by the self-proclaimed wisest man on earth, Otis Eugene, Gene Ray. It was a self-published outlet for Ray's unifying theory of everything, also called The Time Cube which polemically claims that all modern scientists are participating in a worldwide conspiracy to teach lies by omitting his theory's alleged truth that each day actually consists of four days occurring simultaneously. Okay. Alongside these statements, Ray describes himself as a godlike being with superior intelligence who has absolute evidence and proof for his views. Ray asserted repeatedly and variously that academia had not taken Time Cube seriously. The website <laughs> I mean... opens with a. It's a good start. Yeah. Oh, I like it. The him. website opens with a long list of posts, almost like an unorganized Tumblr page. And I have a few examples of the quotes here, if I may, Emma. Please do. <clears throat> I feel like I should do a voice. I don't know why. I feel like I should do a voice for this. Okay, but make it squeaky. Oh. No, I want to do squeaky. I want, I want it to just sound kind of rambly. Okay. Boring educators refuse to recognize the wisest of humans to ever exist. My magnificent creation of four simultaneous 24-hour days within the single rotation of Earth debunks the puny one-day rotation of a fake word god and brilliant educators. Nature has no choice but to bring forth a hell upon boring cubelessness. Know it to be of your own making. And another quote... If I tell a human that his four-corner head, nose, two ears, and back corner, has only <laughs> one corner face, the dumbass will say to me, prove it. He knows not that his face is a corner. I... Oh my god, there's so much to unpack. <laughs> I know, it's fantastic, Oh, it? okay, so first of all, like, does... What is first? Oh my goodness, Chase. This is not oh, what I expected I'm... when you said time cube. Not going to lie. This is TimeCube. Well, this is the okay. start of TimeCube. TimeCube is a website. Here are some quotes on it. So first of all, I just followers. want to uh-huh. open with, I respect this man's energy. He seems uh-huh. enthusiastic. Okay. He seems dedicated. Yeah. I, I wish I could bring that level of moxie to my days. Also, he I strikes him, me as a confident man. Yeah. I think so, yeah. I think he believes in himself, <laughs> and I support that. I think we should all believe in ourselves. Um, uh-huh. But 
is you it, might regret that later. Is it a creation of his or a discovery of his? Because he can't assert that it he, clearly exists <clears throat> and also it's kind call it of, a creation. It's it's it. He calls it a unifying theory of almost every aspect of existence. The time cube. The fact that he has created this theory or formulated this theory mm. is how he thinks he has summarized. All of you know the unifying theory, the answer to all of science's questions. Okay, well, lies first of all, I'm not going to trust someone with unifying theories of existence who can't even get right the usage of the word creation. And just a well, third <clears throat> thing that I wanted to pin before you go on is: uh-huh. Are we aware of this person being significantly mentally ill? Because it sounds that way. We're not a hundred percent. We'll get there. It's a story. You I'm might say you we're going to theorize. We're going to theorize. Okay. The website was launched as timecube.com in 1997, and the opening sentence in large red lettering reads, Earth has four simultaneous days within only one rotation. Losing three days in each Earth rotation has, and I don't like using this word, but I'm quoting, Losing three days in each Earth rotation has retarded your mentality to stupid and an education of evil. You do not have the mind or education to envision nature's most perfect time cube. I Raised think I know mm-hmm. this guy. I think he used to sit at the bus stop in my town and drink whiskey straight from the bowl. I doubt it. He's from Alabama, so... I know a um, guy who talks <clears throat> like him. Well, I don't like you referring to me in the third person, Emma. <laughs> Ray's personal model of reality, the time cube, states that all of modern physics and education is wrong and argues that, among many other things, Greenwich time is a global conspiracy. He uses various graphs alongside, along with pictures of himself that purport to show how each day is really four separate days. Sun up, midday, sundown, and midnight. Formerly morning, early afternoon, late afternoon, evening. Mm-hmm. All occurring simultaneously. The following quotation from the website illustrates this recurring theme. When the sun shines upon Earth, two major time points are created on opposite sides of Earth, known as midday and midnight. Where the two major time forces join, synergy creates two new minor time points we recognize as sunup and sundown. The four equidistant time points can be considered as time square imprinted upon the circle of Earth. In a single rotation of the Earth's sphere, each time corner point rotates through the other three corner time points, thus creating 16 corners, 96 hours, and four simultaneous 24-hour days within a single rotation of Earth, equated to a higher order of life, the time cube. Okay, but you, you kind of had me with you for like two sentences there. I feel like this guy yes. approached the point and then just ran past it with his pants I off. I think what it is... No, what... what <laughs> That's kind of... I feel like that's demeaning. I don't know why. Is it? Um, no. I don't know. I mean, look, do you know, I'll get to what I think. Let me keep telling you his story because a lot more happens. I'm going to interrupt Gene less because it seems like there's a lot to this. After publishing his website in 1997, quite a few internet users started to discover it. Remember, this is the early days of the internet and there wasn't much to do besides dancing babies and we still had at least seven years before the first I can has cheeseburger memes were to come or even 12 years before meme was a word. After some increased traffic, Ray seemed to relish the attention and continued writing further jargon. In a noted Christmas post, Ray posted, Truth about Santa Claus debunks Santa God. God (laughs) evolves from the Santa. No, what? Yeah. He wrote to several newspapers asking to be published, but was obviously quickly rebuffed, Mm. um, as you'd expect. He became increasingly frustrated. Which, I mean, of course, because they don't want people knowing the truth. (laughs) They're part of the conspiracy. Yeah, liberal media, etc., etc. The lamestream media. <laughs> fake um, news, He Chase. became increasingly... F- <laughs> fake nudes. <laughs> um, he became increasingly frustrated and regularly called out the press and universities for refusing to publish his articles or host debates. <clears throat> Not a single university has accepted my challenge for a public debate of nature's time cube. They are actually brainwashed stupid and decline any public debate for fear of public embarrassment. Physicists forbidden to acknowledge the time cube. Stupid educators always beget stupid graduates. Not one knows of their four-corner metamorphosis. So far, this dude doesn't know the word creation, but he does know the word beget. That's I think mentioned he uses the word metamorphosis, yeah. just, which isn't, it isn't a part of it. Anyway, Ray, as I mentioned, also appears to believe that Greenwich time is a conspiracy. He says the academia created one day Greenwich time mm-hmm. is bastardly and dooms future... Bastardly, great word, <laughs> bastardly. by the way. Bastardly. 
It's, it's bastardly. And dooms future youth and nature to a hell. Ignorance of four-day harmonic cubic nature indicts humans as unfit to live on Earth. Um, so he spends the next two years, from 1997 up to 1999, consistently adding new diatribes to the top, um, mostly refuting the accusations that he is Jewish that don't appear to have existed. <laughs> what? Which, he regularly again... Said, what is it with conspiracy theorists and Jewish people? Fuck me, like I, I'll get to that at the end. The website actually you're going to get to a lot of things. I am. This, it's all going to tie together. Okay. The website actually got even more complicated because the way his uh, whoever wrote his code or whoever designed his website mm-hmm. meant that whatever he put in a new load of text, the most recent posts were pushed down. So in order to actually start from the beginning of TimeCube, you had to go to the bottom of the website oh, and read up. Yeah. yeah. Um, since he was continually ignored, he became more and more angry in his writing, and as his anger grew, so did his ego. He proclaimed himself as the greatest thinker and wisest human. He created two websites to prove this, thegreatestthinker.com and thewisesthuman.com. The greatest thinker being an explanation of how he was a cubic thinker, and that academics preach the falsehoods of the singular first corner. Thewisesthuman.com just linked back to timecube.com. <laughs> Oh, this poor man. Exactly. Clearly difficult. Sometime in 1999, Gene Ray was eventually given a forum and he was interviewed on eyada.com, which was an early internet radio station, mm-hmm. uh, by a man known as Lionel. He had a very small following and so his theory gained actually a bit of traction. Seeing how willing, was to G- uh, how willing Gene was to give interviews meant that quite a lot of followers simply called him and spoke to him. Um, some people recorded their interviews with him to hear him going on. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and you can actually hear those recordings online if you go looking. Like, they're on YouTube. Oh, so, like, there's, that's there's cool. A, no, this is, it's a little bit more mainstream than you think. There's documentaries about this guy. In 2001, TimeCube.com announced that there would be a lecture in MIT for MIT students. No, there wouldn't. Gene. There was. He wasn't lying. So, supposedly, after getting a bit of traction from his internet radio station, a mm-hmm. lot of college students from MIT listened to him. And, mm-hmm. actually, a few people who weren't MIT graduates, like, were just people, heard this just, and went, yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Um, and I think it comes from the fact that, like, if you use enough jargon and your maths works out, they go, oh, my God. <laughs> because you're dealing with what... I've, I've told you this before, and I will sum up at the end, but mm-hmm. I, I do think that the majority of the planet has some form of mental illness. I mean, everyone sure. has it in yep. some shape or form, yep. you know, we're all just wanting to hear what we want to hear. Like you talk about with that. We're not logical beings. And I think that's what happened with him is the people that believed him and followed him were like, oh, yeah, Matt's he's, he's added 96. That's 424. That is, is a proven thing, though. If you approach people with enough tenure of words, they just believe you. Yeah, I think that's the case. The here. better your but vocabulary, I, I the better you're going to be as a cult leader. <laughs> it's why you've never trusted me. Um <laughs> But anyway, so he did get called to MIT. The other side of his following was because he was like an early meme. Mm. All these people from the Masters in Technology who are like pure mathematics students or or pure science students start looking at him and going, this is hilarious. What the fuck does this all mean? Let's get him to come to campus as a laugh. And so they got him. He came. He announced there would be an interview and you can actually find the interview online on the internet. The scene is very surreal. The top of the class was arranged with six seats, one for Gene Ray, four for students that would debate him, mm-hmm. and one seat to be left empty at Gene's request, a seat which he labelled your God. Genuinely, there were hundreds of people in attendance. Mostly, and this is before the phrase was even invented, for the lulls. Yeah, this just sounds like old-timey Christian. It just sounds like a bunch of people getting together to troll someone who's clearly not doing well and not fully in touch with our reality and just took it too far there's a bit of that there's a bit of that Um, Gene kind of operated in a bit of a Trumpy way he would receive rounds of applause after almost every response to a question Mm -hmm. Um, at one point asked about the timecube.com website he said that humans are a pyramid the note take of the debate Eric Downs noted that Ray's response yes they are a pyramid with two arms and two legs I guess, and each one of those has four main digits on it, for a total of 16, of course. You don't say 16, because that would demean the value of four, which received a standing ovation. No! (laughs) They applauded. But the people who are applauding, these are like scientific minds. They can't be taking him seriously. They're obviously just trolling this guy, right? 
They they are kind of trolling him. Like there might be, be one disturbed person in the back I mean, of the room, but this yeah. is the problem. This is or like again, a couple of people again. who arrived to troll, but were way too impressionable and way too hungover, and they're still on the island. Ex- well, I just love the idea. You can't say 16, of course, because that would demean the value of yep. four. Like, there is a comedic genius element of that sentence. <laughs> anyway, it was a considerable catchphrase on the TimeCube website, so it got to that. Mm-hmm. Another question that received an applause was when Victor Brar asked, because he had, you've done maths, obviously, at some point, so you're aware of negative one times negative one equals... Positive one? Positive one. Ah. Exactly. Just to check, it's one of those early algebraic ones that I kind I'm, of forgot. I'm horrible at maths, but I actually watched an episode of Bob's Burgers yesterday where one of the characters said, a negative times a negative is a positive. Don't you know basic maths? So, <laughs> so don't know maths, but I do know cartoons. Bob Burger, teaching more kids than I have. Um, another question received the class from Victor Brower asked, if you say that negative one times negative one equals stupid and evil, and Gene interrupted him, and he said... One times one makes sense, because that's like saying a North American times a North American equals North Americans. But saying negative one times negative one equals one is like saying a South American times a South American equals North Americans. What? When finally asked, <laughs> okay, Gene, so what should negative one times negative one equal? And he says, a South American. <laughs> At which point the interviews were stopped and observers were too busy laughing. Oh, jeez. Um, he oh. was asked at one point during the debate how he financed his research, and his very blunt response was credit cards. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, I keep feeling worse and worse for this man. Yeah. So after they settled down from the whole negative one times negative one equals a South American, Gene uh, <laughs> started talking about how four corners representing what he called the four races black, white, Indian, and Asian. Um, and okay. one student asked how he fits in because he's biracial. Gene seemed to show off a bit more of his racist side by responding with, you're what? And then they shut down the interview. They were like, let's not let him. Yeah, let's not go further, further into this. Yeah. Yeah, I think they made the right call. I think so. Um, but as his, as his writings continued, college students, internet users kept sharing his material. He eventually got interviewed in a show called Unscrewed on Tech TV, uh, broadcast to a national audience. Um, he brought with him his favorite prop, which was a cube with a globe in it. Mm-hmm. Um, when asked how the MIT interview went, he said they shut him down because they can't let TimeCube be taught, as it contradicts everything that they're teaching. The television attention seriously inflated his ego, and he ended up declaring himself a doctor on TimeCube.com. And I quote, I bestow upon myself the doctorate of cubicism, which isn't a word, mm-hmm. For educators are ignorant of nature's harmonic time cube principle and cannot bestow the prestigious honor of wisdom upon the wisest humor ever. Signed, Dr. Gene Ray. In October 2003, Gene posted something that may explain some of how he arrived at his theory. He claimed that because of his own wisdom, or because his own wisdom so antiquates, uh, so antiquates no knowledge, that a psychiatrist had diagnosed him with schizophrenia. Now, obviously, this doesn't come as a surprise to us. No. And it didn't come as a surprise to a lot of his fans either. Um, but Gene had now gone from obscure internet poster to having copycats. Other younger people started their own TimeCube site, some far slicker than Gene's original site, and had gone to interview him. In an interview with Richard, Richard Jankarski, who had started his own TimeCube.au website in Australia, Gene Ray reveals a bit about his personal life. Gene Ray was an electrician. He grew up as one of 14 children and was very poor, surviving on mostly canned fish in the winter. After he retired, he actually wrote a book about marbles, as this was a game he used to play with his siblings when they had nothing else. In the book, he used photographs and diagrams to explain the best way to win at a game of marbles and notably used uh, drawings of his deceased siblings as well. Oh. Now, unfortunately, Richard Jankarski, about four years after this interview, killed himself and was noted to have been quite mentally ill at the time when he had developed this fascination with Gene's theory. Um, but Gene carried on. Uh, Ray, uh, Gene Ray actually offered... A, it depended on which post you were reading, but it was either a $1,000 or a $10,000 reward to anyone who could prove his views wrong. Uh, Mike Hartwell of the main campus wrote that any attempt to claim the prize would require convincing Ray that his theory was invalid. The proof would need to be framed in terms of his own model, thus deviating from any form of modern science. Even if you could pull that off, Hartwell said, Ray is probably broke. So essentially, what we've got here are the ramblings of someone with a clearly defined mental illness. Yeah. 
But there are those that read this and take it seriously, who believe in the time cube and joined Ray's movement to have it recognized. So why do people gravitate to this? Well, it actually kind of ties with a theory of my own. I actually believe that our definitions of mental illness are far too narrow. Mm -hmm. I think we equate not being able to get a job or work or being too depressed at human futility with mental illness. Whereas people who hold serious delusional behavior and erratic thoughts but can hold down a job are considered healthy. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Dr. Eugene Ray has amassed followers proves this. He used convoluted scientific jargon that has no real purpose in his sentences other than to con people who don't understand, and it's peppered with quite racist and homophobic overtones. For example, just like another well-known promoter of conspiracy theories, he seems to have a distaste for the Mexicans. And I quote, No ancient, insignificant, dead, one-taco godism can match or exceed the enormity of the sun-earth binary. Taco owners of religious academic Christianity have enslaved your ass, and you are too brilliant to know you are a slave to plunder profiteers of Earth's cubic nature. What unicorn mentality you have to worship an old dead taco as God creator. I find it surprising, like, how much of the language there actually kind of ties in with, like, later internet culture and memeage. And such. Yep, I actually wasn't finished that quote. I turned over the page too late. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop doing the voice. I continue quoting listeners if you're confused by the fact that I'm not doing the voice. <laughs> it's not immoral to kiss Americans who ignore their opposite burrito parents who created them, oh God. but instead worship a unicorn taco who claims to make people out of dirt when the body is 90% water. But, <clears throat> See, this is the thing. is what this is what, a, this is what I've talked about with mental illness before. When you are insane your processing is, is, is wrong. Yeah. Your actual experience is right. So he's got a lot of like, you know, scientific things that are true that he's read off. Yeah. And the problem is he's taking them out and just rearranging them in a complete theological order. Yeah, he That's has what mental clearly come across a two and then come across another two and then multiplied them together. And so far we're with Eugene. And then he got seven. I think he got South American, actually. I think that was actually a minus one and a minus one. It was from oh, his earlier work. Got, yeah. So he got he got four South Americans. I mean, I'm just glad you didn't say sixteen South Americans. Because this is not that kind oh. of show. We don't demean the number four here. No, we do not demean the number four. <laughs> well done. Um I have a little summary paragraph unless you have something to chime in with. I was just gonna say that I'm sad. I'm sad for Gene. That's all. I'm sad for him too, yeah. because the site actually kept going, and Gene lived long enough to set up a Twitter account in 2009, oh. where he espoused further and further confusing tweets for three years. And then on March 18th, 2015, Gene passed away. His website ex license, or I think his domain name, expired in August 2015, and it was last archived oh. by the Wayback Machine on January 12th, 2016. And I feel like Otis Eugene Ray now serves as a relic of a past era but also as an omen of the way the internet would soon target people with melted illnesses and eccentric personalities for the sake of humor. He acts as a symbol of some of the powers, opportunities, and dangers of the information age, where the newest celebrities can come from the most unexpected places. Yeah, I think very well put. And I agree with you entirely. You. And there is a huge amount of danger in... Everyone has a platform, and that's great. We've seen that do so much positive and, you know, people have really enacted change by having a platform and being able to speak to each other and out and whatever in a way that we never were before. But then we also have things like Donald Trump having been the leader of the free world for four fucking years and Gemma O'Doherty continuing to bring someone to court. I can never keep track. When hmm. these people... I don't... You can fucking fight me. I don't care. Come and fight me. These people need and deserve help and support and social workers and analysis and probably medication. Because they're rambling. this rambling. is what happens when you don't treat mental health for a long time. Yeah. When you put off public services, this is what happens. And not to put a pin in it, but in terms of what you're saying to the internet, Patrick Stump, I think, said it best in one of his songs where he said, the good news is everybody gets to have an outlet. The bad news is everybody gets to have an outlet. Which song is that? Um, greed from his solo album, Soul Punk. Oh, I don't know it. I look forward to mm. listening to it later. Um, it's a good yeah. first line, actually. Consumption is consuming me. The laissez hasn't been fair to me. I like that. 
I mean, I would expect no less from Patrick Stump, but I like it very much. Um, Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so I think, I guess to summarise the whole episode quickly before you monologue us out, um, sometimes really bad things happen and every once in a while someone's going to take to Twitter and go, I've figured out the truth about the lizard people. And Mm. at some point, you know, there will be lizard people. And we will have to go out and get proof of them and deal with their rights and stuff. Most of the time, the people who are peddling ideas that are not in any way in line with the majority of people's experience of reality and the majority of scientific Mm. research, those people are very, very sick. And they need Mm. intervention and they need help. And I don't think mocking them or resharing their posts is an appropriate way to handle this at all and we need to start normalizing swift and effective and appropriate interventions for people who are exhibiting obvious mental health issues i have to say i'm now worried because within my monologue i present that what you've just said but in a comedic way i'm so sorry carry on yeah it's quite all right please would you mind please make it funny for me i'll try conspiracies the reason your auntie mary's children aren't allowed go bowling and leisureplex COVID has brought a new generation of globalist-fearing, urine-drinking, Facebook-scrolling maniacs, but then, how could it not have? I'm fully aware that COVID affects some more than others, but this is the first time in at least four generations that almost all people have had their lives impacted by a single external factor. And as attention-starved, ego-stroking, delusion-masturbating homo sapiens, we were always going to try and find a way to make it about ourselves, weren't we? And that's what conspiracy theories are. When everything is awful, there will always be those that scream they have it worse than anybody else. In many cases, they may actually be right. But when it comes to something as universal and as global as COVID restrictions, particularly in Western society, not many have it much worse than one another. So what happens then? We can't cry poor me when someone says they're having a tough time. We can't compete with anyone who's actually suffering health problems from the disease. So what can we do? What can we do? Well, we can try and make ourselves feel as if we're special. We can make ourselves feel as if we're smarter than everyone else, safer than everyone else, stronger, more prepared. Hell, there were even a small proportion of people at the start of this pandemic that said they would be less affected because of their short stature. And what's that thing that makes you feel as if you're alone in either your brilliance or your incompetence? That's right. It's mental illness. My theory is this. There's the fringe conspiracy theorists, the ones who think the lizard people masqueraded as JFK Jr. to shag Margaret Thatcher's ghost and summon (laughs) Barack Obama to sneeze on Tom Selleck, who in turn used that sneeze to develop a biological virus that would force everyone else to cover any moustache that could potentially compete with his own when we, inevitably, revert to a facial hair-based meritocracy following the invasion (laughs) of the shaving foam aliens. There's this crowd the ones with serious delusions about their reality and the collective reality we all share and experience. These are the ones I feel sorry for. They're clearly ill. They likely require treatment, but for whatever reason, they can't or don't receive it in the country they inhabit. America! (laughs) Then there's a collection of internet memers, trollers, shitlords, and slightly less mentally ill, but still on the cusp of dangerous people, that gather in the dirty corners of the internet. Say your 4chan's your 8chan's. The places where potential school shooters can mingle with the ultra-cynical dark humour lovers and the genuine stands of Rick Astley. They gather here, read and absorb all the information from the super mentally ill people, and share it, either through sadistic irony or a genuine enthusiasm for the genre. From here, the more policed and politically correct meme sites begin to pick up on certain ideas. Some of them sharing them out of genuine for the lulls attitude and others reposting them to social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Parler, MyTube, YouTube, we all scream for peach frubes. <laughs> Here, the once genuinely insane ramblings of someone with either a severe mental illness or a racist, sexist, trans or homophobic agenda. Place your bets now for bigotry bingo. These twisted ramblings all get repackaged into bite-sized and credible looking old people memes. You know the ones I'm talking about. You, you see them a lot on like conservative American media websites. Take a quote that says, freedom is not the freedom of our enemies. It's the reason our enemies try to invade us. You throw it on an American flag, a bald eagle, a soldier in military garb, and share it with a link to an anti-Semitic website. Well, you've got yourself a hit there, partner. 10K likes in 45 minutes. You wouldn't believe it. 
Flocks and gaggles of American moderate ex-service men and women sharing and commenting about how they're afraid of their freedom will leave them, or someone else will take it, or even that they're changing the name of a beloved childhood snack, Adam's Chunk Stuffers, to Nestle's Hot Pockets. And that's not my America. <laughs> that's a true story, by the way. Nestle's Hot Pockets were once known as Adam's <laughs> Chunk Stuffers, in case you didn't know. Now, with all their spare time being spent on Facebook and not being able to go anywhere because of the pandemic, they sit around and actually click the links of these posts they've been liking and sharing for years. Feeling alone and not unique is very hard. Life in itself is an absolute nightmare to navigate, and there actually has to be some reason you cling on to hope on dark and lonely nights, something that makes you carry on and get through it. That belief is normally that there is something special about you. It doesn't have to be something completely and wholly unique to you, but there has to be something special about you. Lots of people have children, and maybe you really pride yourself on the children you have. Lots of people are good at sports or music, and maybe there's some song you play or technique you use that makes you feel as if you are special, even for a little while. Reading these conspiracy theories, believing that you've solved a great riddle or mystery of COVID when the majority of people haven't, that's the belief these people are clinging to just to get through the day. The interactions they have online, all the toxic Facebook groups where they argue amongst themselves as to whether the green lizards or the blue lizards are going to sodomize Mitt Romney on live television on the 6th of the 6th, 2026. This is literally what's allowing these people to keep getting up in the morning. It's giving them purpose. Engaging with them, especially when they're such a small percentage of the population, is how you continue enabling them to have these ridiculous fancies. So just stop. Stop arguing with them. Now, of course, none of you believe me. You all think they're just a bunch of angry whack jobs and incels, but I know the truth. <laughs> I figured out the conspiracy theorist theory before anyone else could. And I feel validated enough to award myself a Cadbury's twirl and a French wank. Ugh. Good night, and we'll talk to you next week. Nice. Bye. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs>